Amen. Amen. Brother Anthony, it's so good. Brother Anthony, it's so good to see you with Alicia here. Amen. Glad to see you come in. Hallelujah. Amen. We love our love our people, and when you're not here, we know you're not here, and we miss you. And, and we prayed, prayed for you, and amen. We'll do whatever else we could do besides prayer, but we're glad to see you, each and every one of you. Good to see you here. Hallelujah, all of you. If I didn't call your name, amen. We're happy that you're here. Praise God. Second Timothy 2 and 15. I don't know if my message have, has hardly anything to do with this scripture or not. Uh, but we'll use this at least to start off with and then see where we go from there. Amen. Amen. I, I did a little study on this scripture, and the more I studied it, the more confused I got, and the more, and the more um, I realized a lot of Bible scholars really don't know what they're talking about in here. It's just like perhaps or maybe uh, commentaries, and so you know I just stuck with my old definition on it. But it has a word in it that uh, it it might help us focus on what I want to talk about today. Second Timothy two fifteen, Amen. If you're ready, we'll just take off on this, Amen. Study. To show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, and this is a part, amen, that I want to just focus on a little bit, rightly dividing the word of truth, rightly dividing. I quoted that scripture to a guy right over here, and he almost got offended at me when I used the word divided. I don't know if he didn't know that was in the Bible, or he just disagreed with what Paul wrote here, or what it was. I didn't have time to do a thorough explanation. I said, that, that doesn't mean that we take it out and take it apart. And I think that one translation that I do really like, and I've always used, felt like this is what it was, I believe he meant rightly handling and rightly appropriating where the word supposed to be and where it belongs. He said, it doesn't mean take it and cut it out. We got a runner in the house. That's all right. <laughs> Praise God. It's okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Everybody, let's give her a good hand right now. We got somebody, somebody still. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I, I, I'm not going. I'm not going to get on anybody's kids anymore. We've got a. We have a two and a half year old grandkid. Well, that'd be foolish, wouldn't it? She's done just about all of that. Hallelujah. Amen. But but we need to rightly appropriate the word of the but the but the King James puts dividing in there or division. And we're not supposed to talk about division. We're always supposed to focus on being together. <laughs> All right. I want to talk about that just a little bit about saying Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. But we we always seem to uh, focus on God adding and God multiplying, it even starts in creation. If you can go back as far as you want. Thank you, Sister Melissa. Sounded good today. Y'all all sounded good today. And we have a, we have a good church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Good music and good worship. Let me just say something about this worship right here. Uh, and and I'll, get, I'll get back on this. Let me say this. Let, let me help somebody out a little bit. The bishop's coming out of me right now. Just I'm going to put that bishop hat on, and then I'm going to get back on the pastor hat, put it back on in a minute. Listen, when we call for worship, 
it's just uh, not being mean, just want to help you out a little bit. Whether you feel like it or not, whether you feel anything or you don't feel anything, there's a scripture in the Bible that says to obey. Y'all know I'm not looking for any more authority and any more power and I'm not trying to get a, you know, a hold on anybody and make you do something you don't want to do, but, but it's for your benefit. It's not about me. I'm trying to teach you and help you get a blessing and get out of that valley and get through that situation or through that whatever it is. Listen, you will be blessed of God if you just say, okay. Maybe I'm kind of dumb, but when I prayed through and I got into church, I never gave my, I never, maybe I could have, and some people think that's kind of dumb, okay, maybe it is, but I never gave myself the choice. If somebody said stand, I just stood. If somebody said, let's clap our hands, and I still do that. It's a habit that I've kind of picked up and I'm glad I did. If somebody said, let's shout, I just shouted. Hallelujah. Y'all know how I got on my, y'all know how I got on my uh, cholesterol medicine, don't you? I fought that. You know, we didn't, I wouldn't take an aspirin for years and years and years. Still don't, still don't want to take any, I hate it, you know? But my, our little Jewish lady doctor preaches to us. And she gets my wife in there and she wants my wife to come in with me because my wife tells on me. <laughs> yeah, you got one too, yeah. No, 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 here's the way. But I wouldn't take, I wouldn't take the heart medicine. She'd tell, she'd say, this is what you really need right here, you know. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm just, we're gonna, I'm gonna work on my diet and I'm gonna exercise a little more and I'll just, that's what we're doing. But, but I'm gonna tell you what changed, I'm gonna tell you what changed me. And I'm gonna kind of use that on you just a little bit. Some of you just like feel like, listen, we don't have a choice when it comes to worship. Oh, I'm a worse. No, I don't believe I'm a. We don't have a choice. It, it's just, it's just too much, brother Johnson. It's like, it's not like one or two. It's like scripture after scripture after scripture, old and new. To, I don't, I don't have a. I don't stand a chance in that argument. I'm supposed to get here, Amen, and walk in here with my shouting shoes on. This is not my message, but I'm just feeling the leading of the Spirit here right now, and I'm feeling like our little Jewish doctor. Sister Wein, sister, maybe maybe that's a word of faith. Dr. Weinstein. And I and I was like buttoning my shirt back up after she put the stethoscope and she had already preached that little sermon about my cholesterol and my blood pressure and I had my back to her and she said, Mr. Curry, I'm just trying to keep you alive a while longer. Brother Harry, it like it like hit me like it never had before. My daddy died of a heart attack. Both my grandfathers died of heart attacks as far as we know. My mother died of a heart attack. It runs in my family. And so I went, so I said, okay, go ahead and do that prescription and we'll, we'll see what we can do here. I'm just trying to keep some of you alive a while longer. That's all I'm, that's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. Praise God. And so just shout. Just clap. Just praise. Just be obedient. We'll have a shout in church. A praise in church. And that's where God lives. 
We can talk about it. We can sing about it. We can preach about it. Or we can just do it. Let's just be shouters and praisers. Even over the water that don't have air in it. Little things. And you watch people be drawn to that. You want to win somebody? Let them see you praise and shout. You witness all week long and then somebody come to church and you just sit there. Listen, you just killed your whole witness right there. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm done, all right? God bless you. I love you. Praise God. So we focus on things like adding, multiply. We love that. Amen. God multiplied the fish in the sea, the animals on the land, the birds and the fowls in the air. That's what God did. He multiplied them. But we don't notice I don't know if we do this intentionally or what, or we don't pay much attention to the fact that before the multiplication, there was a division. Now, we're gonna use this Bible, and we talked about it in the Bible study today. It's types and shadows. It's symbolic. All that Old Testament, every word of God means something. Now, we can discount it. We can cast it out, and I don't wanna put anything in there that's not in there. Amen. Or we can look at it and say, you know, that means something. Amen. But watch this. God divided the firmaments. God separated the land from the sea. Everybody say he separated it. That means division, all right? He separated night from day, heaven from earth. Did he? Amen. It should be said of God that he, his great creativity lies in knowing when to divide and when to multiply. We focus on the scriptures that speak of unity, and we should. We ought to because, oh, what a beautiful, beautiful message when we unify and we come together. Amen, amen. Unity has a powerful, powerful place in scripture. Psalms 133, I mean, it's just preaching and teaching material all through that. He said it is good, amen, to dwell, the brethren to dwell together in unity. It's a good thing if we come together and unify. Acts 2, the disciples in the upper room, amen, the Bible says they were in one accord, amen, prior to the outpouring. One mind in one accord is exactly what it says, prior to the outpouring of the Spirit of the Lord on Pentecost. Yet no great work of God begins without a division. I'm gonna help somebody out a little bit more right here. Guess what God did? The, the father of the faithful, the friend of God, amen, amen. God called Abraham to separate from his people and his homeland. Called him out. There is a called out message. People don't want to hear that. Modern day religion refuses and skips over that. That really doesn't mean it. That is, yes, sir, that does mean that. It's a type of us. When you come to God, you listen, you don't have to leave physically in most cases, but you get close to God. Pray through daily, die daily is what Paul said he did. Listen, you listen, there'll be some separation going on. People won't want to hang around you. but he called him out of his people and from his homeland. He called fishermen from their nets. Now, why couldn't God just save them right where they were? That's just easy believing. Well, you know, you're saved. No, 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 no. Peter, come with me. Guess what Peter did? He didn't like, well, I don't feel anything. No, it doesn't matter whether you feel it or not. You heard him. 
The Bible said those men, Peter and John and James, they left their nets. Matthew was a tax collector. He left the tax tables. Y'all not watching some kind of movie or something back there, are you? All right. No electronics, all right, while I'm preaching. All right, thank you, Bob. If you come more, you'd know that, all right? <laughs> Hallelujah. But these people left. They separated. Everybody say divided. All right, we're rightly dividing right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Individual salvation begins with a division from the old way of life. We don't want that. We don't like that. Our flesh fights against that. We don't even want to come to church. I mean, my house is comfortable thanks to you. Amen. It's just, I've got a good recliner that I just really, really like. <laughs> Praise God. So there's a battle, amen, that goes on. You just have to decide this is what's good. You know, I used to tell our kids when they were young, especially Chad, I'd be on to him about this or that, you know, and he'd say, Dad, we just want to have fun. Well, like I'm against fun. I'm not against fun. That, listen, but let's get the work done first. Then we can get to the fun. I used to make a statement. You can pay now and play later. Or you can just go ahead and play now. But one day you'll pay. That's why we need to have good work ethic. And young people, I know it's kind of tough right now with all the computers and all the easy buttons to push and everything. But we, we need to get a work out a good or create a good work ethic in our life. Get up in the morning. Listen, I don't care how, you can be an Einstein, but if you're lazy, you're going to be dependent on somebody else feeding you and housing you for the rest of your life. But you can be not that smart, but if you don't mind working and you start out young and get in the habit of getting up in the morning and going to work, then you can make a living and you won't have to be dependent on somebody else. Is that good or what? I know that's a job, but that's left up to parents and grandparents to teach this. My kids and my grandkids feel like I'm, I'm on their case all the time, and I probably am, but I don't want them to be sitting around waiting on somebody else to buy groceries for them. You know, when I was a kid, I keep going off track here. Maybe this will, maybe this will help. Amen. But I remember when I was 10 years old, my parents bought me a bike. They never bought me a bike before that. I mean, we had little toys. I mean, we, my dad worked and we had a good family. But it's just the way it was. That was like the greatest thing. I wore that thing out. And I learned how to mechanic on bikes after that. I worked on it. I turned it upside down. I'd grease the wheel, the sprocket, all the whole, put new tires on it. But, but, but that was it. If I wanted a bike, anything else I wanted, guess what? Yeah, well, that's good, son. You can have that if you work. <laughs> You can go work and save your money and you can buy whatever you want. That was a great incentive for me. And not against parents. I'm not against parents buying their kids. If you can afford it and you can do it. But there's a, there's, a, there's a line right there somewhere. We don't need to hand our kids everything just because they want it. We don't need to do that. They need to learn how this thing works. <laughs> you work, amen, and you save your money and you buy what you want. I did that from then on out. I don't ever remember my dad buying one tire for my car, not one. Uh, he, never made, he never made a payment on my car. He never paid insurance on my car. If I had a car, I kept it up, paid the payments on it, 
Amen. I did that because I worked. I still, I still, that's why that I don't just throw money away. That's why I'm like, mm. <laughs> I just a nice pair of shoes I looked at the other day. They're $200 pair of shoes. They want, they want $100. I said, that is a good pair of shoes. But I'm not spending that $99 on that. I'm just not. I may later on, maybe for Christmas. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just a big stingy good. But you know, we work hard. We all do. Amen. But we need to learn how to manage this a little bit. Somebody, if you haven't struggled, see Sister Debbie. She does. Anybody could do it. I can do it. But we won't do it for the most part. I can just figure that it's, it's a simple little way to budget yourself and manage your money. Amen. There's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I just can't afford that right now. It'll pay off somewhere down the road, all right? Amen. I want my kids and my grandkids to have something. If I'm off the scene, I still want them to do well. You know, one of my greatest fears, I'm on, the devil's going, I know the devil's going to hear me. I need to say this to you though. And then I'm, then I'm on Jesus' name, I'm going to block the devil's mind out where he can't. <laughs> Sister Debbie, one of my greatest fears, and, I, and, I'm just, and this is scary to even say this, I've got, all, I've, got, I've got a few fears, but one of my greatest fears is that my kids be on the street. One of my kids being on the street. Let me tell you, we have a wonderful country right here. We have welfare programs and all kinds of social services and food stamps. Every, you, know, you know, more people are on food stamps in this country than has ever been in the history of this country. More people on social services and all kinds of some kind of program than ever been. Which, which that's a, I'm glad for the poor people, but that's not the way this country's supposed to run. But I'm going to tell you, with us owing $20 trillion almost, China or Russia or who, all whoever else, we've borrowed money, and while we're still printing money, I, I'm not. I'm not a very bright person when it comes to economics. But you know, I, I know a little bit about how this thing balances out. Look, one of one of those guys who we're on the brink of having big problems with. Let them pull their debt and see where that ends up. We'll go in another major, major depression. No way around it. And it's bad when the, even if you had money and the grocery stores have no have no groceries. You have money, but yet the the, the service stations have no gasoline to buy. This is what happened during the Depression. It'd just be in reverse. Amen. They had stuff back in the Depression, and my parents said there was no money. <laughs> Nobody had money. And they could be all they were. You couldn't get it. And so this thing could mess up. We're just, we just kind of hanging by a thread right here. So we need to learn how to work. We need to learn how to manage. We need to, how to make do. Let me just throw this one other thing out of your kids. It's people that's so picky about what they eat. You know, in the Great Depression, they talked about eating armadillo and they ate possum and they, you know what? You would too if you got hungry enough. Ooh, I don't like that. You'd learn how to like a lot of things. <laughs> just, I'm just an old guy up here talking. All right, but it's true. Oh, I want to, my wife had a big pot of soup. I mean, it had carrots and potatoes. It's just it's like yesterday. I mean, it, Kim, it was like awesome. Cornbread. Some of the kids didn't like it. Laura had to cook a whole meal. Oh, some people don't like that. It was cool weather. I mean, it was perfect soup weather. Man, I like a big pot where you can just eat, and then you, later on you can come back and get you another big bowl. 
<laughs> Make it big enough. It's just funny. It's just times are times are different. You know, well, hey, if you're not going to change, just do that while you can because let me tell you, I'm not predicting that and prophesying it's going to be bad, but it could be. And you know what? People like me, we won't suffer near as much as some of you others because I'm used to eating just about anything. And, I, and not only that, I like almost everything. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. I am, I am butchering this message up, y'all. So there was a division. There was a division before there was a, a multiplication or an addition. The, in Bible times, let me just get on this a little bit. The threshing floor was a common sight. Amen. Here the farmers would, would what they call winnow the grain and, and, and separating the wheat from the chaff, all right, or the good stuff from the stuff that was just trash, okay? Generally, the, the threshing floor was on a, on a, located on a higher level where the breeze was more apt to blow, and, uh, and the farmer would toss that grain into the air. Uh, but even before that, amen, before that separation, you know, you had to separate it from the ground. You had to cut it loose from the earth. Hallelujah. That's what we do when we come to God. We have to be cut loose from the world. We're a type of the wheat. Amen. Amen. But as the farmer tossed that grain into the air, the wind did its work of division and separating the lighter chaff from the grain that had more weight. Winds of doctrine, contrary winds blow even in churches and it blows away people who are not, you know, connected in really good. Amen. They're not really... They're not really wheat, they're just chaff. And so winds, so that means people get their feelings hurt. You know, they get, they get all kind of things happen. They feel like the preacher did them wrong. And anything in the world the enemy can use, that all determines whether you're real wheat or whether you're just chaff, all right? Amen. But I wanna look at Genesis 37. You don't have to turn there, but it's the story about Joseph at Dothan. Amen, a place called Dothan. God separated the wheat from the chaff in the life of Joseph. In fact, I never saw it this way and got to looking at it a few days ago. Amen. You see, there's where he separated Joseph from his brethren. (laughs) Remember that story? He tore away the dreamer from the hands of the dream stealers and the dream killers. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna tell you, there's some dream killers and dream stealers, amen. They never think it'll work. They never think God's gonna move. He's never gonna answer your prayer. You've all, you're always gonna be poor, amen. Every negative thing, he, your dream can be smashed to smithereens if you hang around a dream killer. Your kids are never gonna be saved and they're never gonna come to this church, the people you pray for, amen, and talk to God about. That's what we're talking about. So God reaches down sometimes, amen, he brings us to a Dothan and he does a division and a separation here, amen. This is what what happened uh, to Joseph. He separated the dreamer that the dream may live, amen. So sometimes we feel ourselves and find ourselves in predicaments and in situations and we wonder why. How can this be fair that God would do something like this? Listen, God's got a process, amen. He's got something in mind that's bigger and deeper, amen, that we can see, amen. You see, it was God who sent this 17-year-old boy to Dothan. We gotta understand that first. 
Amen. What may have seemed cruel at the time was simply, I like to call it disguised mercy. Oh yeah, oh this is what I, yeah, but you don't see everything. Amen. It, it could be called hidden grace. Well, that just doesn't look fair to me. No, 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 that's the grace of God. That's how it works. It separates. It divides. Why? Because it needs a separation. Hallelujah. It's a disguised blessing. You see, God was allowing Joseph to become who he was meant to be. Listen, when God called you, he's got something in purpose. He's got a ministry, amen, a certain kind of a style of life that he's got. He's got a witness for you. And when you're hanging around people who are dream killers, then you're never gonna accomplish, amen, or reach the place that God wants you to be. So God sends trouble. God sends division. And he separates you and pulls you out of there. Sometimes he rips you out of there. And your head's swimming and you're wondering where God, no, 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 God's right here in this. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Ken Gurley, love his little books, amazing. There's a, uh, he wrote a book called, called Point of the Low Points. I preached and used that for a title about four, about four years ago, maybe three years ago. I don't know, I don't say he's plagiarizing, but God gave me that message and I, and I went to general conference a year or two later and I said, oh, <laughs> the point of the low points. And I used it like last week as a, just so y'all know I'm not plagiarizing. I had it before he had it. You know, like that's saying something about Ken Gurley because he's like an awesome writer. But in that book, Ken Gurley, amen, he points out hey, something right here, amen, in the point of the low points. An old tale, I'm gonna read the whole thing. It's about, it's, it's a good lengthy reading here, but this might help somebody understand something. When God tells you to do something, you don't understand it. God tells you to go in a direction. God tells you to shout. And let me tell you how he tells you. He usually picks somebody that looks about like me. So that's all lined up right here. We're gonna lay. I'm helping somebody. I'm not on your case, but I kinda am, all right? Because you need it. That's, just, that's how you hear Oh, I'm waiting on God to tell me. That's like the guy that couldn't get the Holy Ghost. They told him down at that independent church that he couldn't get the Holy Ghost here. They said the Lord, the Lord told him everything. And I remember, I never, it's one of those things you never forget. Brother, it's a big tall guy. Brother Nugent said, get me a chair. And so I, he said, God's fixing to speak again. That's how God speaks. He speaks through apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. What for? For the perfecting of the saints. You waiting on God to speak out of the air somewhere? He may do that, but generally he spends, sends a preacher. Or, or he doesn't have to be a preacher. It should be somebody bold enough with enough faith, amen, enough courage to just tell you. If it's time to shout, you know what they did in the Old Testament? They appointed singers and praisers and shouters. So we don't do it up here. I just appoint it back here. Hey, let's all shout. That's how it works. We Pentecostals, we're into so feet and so much feeling. Ooh, let me do it. When I feel it, that's when I, you don't have to feel it. Right. Right. Bible said, clap your hands, all you people. Oh, when I start feeling it. Did he say when you started feeling it? No, he says, just do it. That's where the blessing is. You step out on faith. You just obey. Like Peter in the boat. I, hey, we've been fishing all night, Lord, but we've taken nothing. But nevertheless, at the, Peter was not exuberant 
and happy about having to push out into the deep and drop a net down. He didn't, in fact, he asked him to drop nets down, so he did it kind of half-hearted. He dropped one net. At least we can do something. Obedience. An elderly prophet, this is the story, was doing God's work and a young man wanted to be the prophet's protege and to walk in his steps. He pestered the old prophet for some time. Finally, the prophet yielded. I will let you walk with me, the prophet told the young man under one condition. Yes, the young man replied eagerly. I will promise anything. Staring deep into the young man's eyes, the prophet said, promise me that you will never question anything I say or do. The young man looked quizzically at the elder prophet and wondered about such an odd statement. Nevertheless, he promised and began walking with the prophet. The first day they traveled some distant late in the evening or in the afternoon, the sun had almost set when they came upon a small walled city. A small group of men were busy digging a drainage ditch outside the walls. The prophet greeted the men and asked if one of them could provide him and the young man with a meal and a place to stay for the evening. The ditch diggers jeered, mocked the prophet and told him there would be no food or shelter for him in the city. And the prophet and the young traveling companion did not eat that night and slept on the street. Early the next morning, the prophet and the young man left the city. They passed by the ditch where the young men were just assembling to work. The prophet lifted his mantle and immediately the ditch was miraculously finished. The workers rejoiced and slapped backs, thankful that the task was over and they would be rewarded handsomely for finishing early. The young man turned to face the prophet and started to ask, him why he had finished the ditch for such rude men, but he remembered his promise. He had promised to never question the prophet, so he kept his silence. They walked the entire day in another direction. The prophet seemed to know where they were going, but the young man was unaware of their destination. At evening, they arrived at a modest house where a woman was was starting a fire. When she realized the prophet had come to her house, she immediately cooked for him and the young man. That night they ate their fill while the woman and her small son ate nothing. The woman insisted that they sleep inside uh, on the beds and she and her son slept outside on a pile of hay near her sole prized possession, a milk cow. Just as the sun was rising, the prophet stirred the young man. They slipped outside of the house and saw the woman and her son still sleeping outside. Standing beside the sleeping pair was the woman's prized cow. The prophet raised his mantle and the cow fell over dead. The prophet and a very confused and distraught young man left without extending their regards and gratitude for the meal and the shelter. Shortly thereafter, the prophet led the young man across a rickety bridge that spanned a deep gorge. Another young man approached from the opposite direction. He greeted the prophet with an outstretched hand and a smile on his face. The prophet said nothing but lifted his mantle and the young man fell from the bridge to his death on the rocks below and the prophet didn't stop to look but just kept walking. The young man was astonished when they reached the end of the bridge. He stopped the prophet. I know I promised I would never ask you why you do what you do, but I must break my promise. I must know why you were kind to the ditch diggers who were mean to us. I must know why you killed the cow of the woman who was nice to us. And I have to know why you apparently killed a man who did nothing to us. The prophet gazed silently for a few moments at the young man. Finally, he spoke. This one time, I will try to answer your questions, said the prophet. The ditch diggers were within feet of striking gold and would have fortunes 
beyond their imaginations because they were not open to the ways of God. They will now work for the rest of their lives. The young man nodded and asked, what about the cow? While you slept last night, I was awake. The prophet said the woman's son was supposed to die. But I convinced the death angel to take the cow instead. Young man said nothing while the prophet continued. And the young man who just fell into the gorge was journeying to a distant country where he would lose his testimony and lose his walk with God. His mother was praying that God would not let him die lost. The prophet said quietly he did not die lost. The young man covered his face with his hands and began to weep. The prophet then said, never question the way of a prophet, for the way of a prophet is the way of God. Tough story. Amen. A dreadful story. But it demonstrates the truth found in God's word. His ways are far above ours. We cannot understand the ways of God. Amen. Listen, when we can't track God, amen, we just trust God. Genesis 37, don't, you don't have to go there, but verses 15 through 17. Let's, let's do, let's, do we have that on Genesis 37, 15 through 17? And a certain man found him, and behold, he was speaking of, day, uh, of Joseph now. And behold, he was wandering in the field, and the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? Let's go to the next verse. And he said, I seek my brethren. Uh, tell me, I pray thee, uh, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed hence, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. Hallelujah. You see, Joseph trusted the certain man. Now, we don't know who the man was and what he was. and It's every kind of an idea about that, but it was a certain man. Joseph trusted the certain man in Shechem, and he journeyed a few more miles, the Bible said, amen, and he came to Dothan. In the 18th verse is where we first read that the brethren, the Bible said, conspired against him to slay him. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm making my way to a close right now. I've preached everything today, all right? It's already, so it's time to close. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I need to point out something here. It, it, when they conspired against him to slay him, here we see the animosity of the visionless majority. He was, he, he was Joseph was in a minor, he's by himself. He was the baby of the family, probably spoiled a little bit, all right? But he, this, minor, this majority was against the minority, against those who dream, hallelujah. Maybe say it like this, those who dare to dream. Let me point out a truth. Those who see less, I'm speaking about in dreams. Some people can only see right before their nose. There are others who can envision things in the distance. That's a God-given gift. It could be the gifts of the Spirit, but it could just be a gift. There's people who don't have the Spirit, but yet they have wisdom, and they can see, amen, things that other folks can't see. Some folks, it makes people nervous. They don't like that, all right? 
Hallelujah. Those who dare to dream, amen. But those who see less, it seems that they despise those who see more. <laughs> just Maybe just me. 37th chapter of Genesis, verse 19. The hatred in Joseph's brethren were deep. Amen. It can be seen in what they said to one another. They said, watch this. Behold, this dreamer comes. Look, here comes the dreamer. They didn't call Joseph by his name. Think about it a moment. Let's all stand. I'm gonna go ahead and start trying to close. I got more to preach, but we can do this later. Hallelujah. I wanna be a dreamer. Knowing that the majority of the people are gonna be out to get me and there, there will be the division and the separation part. I don't have to plan on dividing and separating. I can just plan on doing right. I can just plan on trusting God and following God. And then the division will come. The hatred will come. The malice will come. The jealousy will come. It'll do, it'll do its job. Hallelujah. But they didn't call Joseph by his name. They called him the dreamer. They called him, and they, if you read that passage, they'll say, our brother, the child. And then to Jacob, they said, thy son. But, but think about it a moment. To say the name Joseph is to repeat the prayer of Rachel because his name simply means may he increase. They did not want that. Just the boy, the dreamer, the child, amen. And the brothers didn't want him to do good. And that's what Dothan is all about. It's about jealousy. It's about betrayal. If you haven't been there, if you just keep hanging on and hanging around, you will, you'll get there. Amen. But, but there's hope. <laughs> it's just another valley or another bump in the road. It can be. It can be, a, it can be a big old deal to you. Or, amen, it can just be something small. Why? Because we've got God with us. I'm, I've decided I'm gonna keep on dreaming. Let there be a separation let there be a division. Y'all can just forget it all. I'm not coming to church. I'm not gonna believe in, I'm, I'm just gonna hang on here and keep believing revival. I, I'm gonna believe in a breakthrough. I'm gonna believe in a, the, we're gonna be digging dirt out here. We need, we're gonna expansion here. We're gonna be building. And you know what? People wanna be a part of something that's moving and growing and doing something. They don't wanna be a part of something just sitting here. Well, you wanna be on the inside of something that's big and good Amen, something that's a help and a blessing and an encouragement to somebody. Yeah, this is it right here. I'm just preaching my dream right now. I said, I'm preaching my vision, if you don't mind. Buy into the dream. Pay whatever it costs. Listen, our children are at stake. Our grandkids are at stake. I understand this. You know, our kids and grand, sometimes our grand, they, they, they just want the next video game and that's the best far as they can see. They just want a good time. But if we hold the fort, if we get a hold of the helm of this thing and make sure our direction is somewhat right, one day, guess what? God's gonna hear us and answer our, he hears us now, but he's gonna answer those prayers. And guess what's gonna happen? Our kids and grandkids, there'll be something from heaven that'll touch them all the things that you've been praying about and believing God for and hanging in there for, 
it'll come to fruition. I'm, I'm, can I dream a little bit more right now? Listen, we can't save our kids. We can't make them pray. We can't make them fall in love with Jesus. We're not even gonna try to. We're just gonna keep doing what we do. And one, listen, there's been a many a kid that grew up. I've got a brother that wouldn't live for God. Wouldn't live for God. Whole bunch of kids. And they ended up at Papa and Mama's house. My mom and dad. I was married, out, gone. But my, my mom and dad had those grandkids right there around them, second family they were raising. Wasn't able to do it, wasn't fair for them. But they took care of them. They fed them, they clothed them, sent them to school. And those kids go out, they're out right now, out no telling where, I don't know where, scattered all over the place. But I hear stories and I do a text message or Facebook every once in a while. They remember Papa praying. They wasn't interested in back then. They was interested in having a good time and they didn't have a dad that encouraged them at all about the things of God. He claimed to be a believer, but he believed, but he never would do anything about it. Wouldn't come to church, wouldn't do right. And he handed that down to his kids. They're all out. I mean, they're out there somewhere. But when you get to talking to one, they say, Mama and Papa, remember him praying. Hey, there's something is in there. Amen. One of them called me here a few years ago. He was living down in North Carolina. And he was working for a company. He had a company truck. And he was driving from one place. To, and, he, and he said, Uncle Charlie. And he began to weep. Began to pray and weep. He said, something got a hold of me. And he mentioned Papa and Mama praying. Listen, listen. We need to do whatever we can do now. This thing is real, folks. Heaven is real. Hell is a real place. Eternity is long. Judgment is sure. Amen. This is not a game we're playing. We've got to instill something. Listen, I'm making deals with my grandkids. They're old enough that I can't beat them and make them come to church. They don't want to be here. They don't get it yet. But the Spirit of the Lord moves in. Boom. They can fall in love with Jesus just like that. And that's what I'm believing for. That's what you ought to be believing for. A relationship with God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And what that'll do is separate you and it'll divide you. There has to be a division before there's an addition. Stand your ground. This is who we are. So what we are. Amen. People get new revelations, but you know what? I'm believing they're going to come back around. You know, one of the big mistakes that we make, one of the biggest mistakes we make is this. We see how people live and how they act and even how they treat us. But the big mistake is that, well, that's how they are and that's the way. No, 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 no. People can change. I have had people treat me bad. People disrespect me and not, I could mark that and that's, that's horrible for Christians. I'm never going to mess with them again. I'm never going to get near them, you know. And maybe, maybe we should use a little wisdom and not put our head back on the chop block, but that doesn't mean we lose faith in the God that we serve that is in the saving business and in the life-changing business and in the division business and separating business. So I just keep on, I've had people tell me, well, you just forget about him or you forget about her. Man, they love this world too much. They're in the world. No, 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 no. You don't understand the God that we serve. I don't know how to sing it. I wish I could. Amen. I know I do this all 
pretty often. Amen. Remember when Job, when Job, everything had been taken from Job? Whole story, whole chapter of everything you could think of had been taken away. But he just said, I know my Redeemer lives. I know my Redeemer lives. I know my Redeemer lives. What, what, a, what a sermon in that song. I don't know why this is working out like this. This is not what I prayed for. This is not what I was believing for. But one thing I know is for sure. Amen. My Redeemer is alive. Amen. And he's my friend that sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah. So let the division take place. Let the separation happen. I'm just going to hang with Jesus because one thing for sure, he's never failed me. He's never done me wrong. I thought he did a couple times, but he didn't. Hallelujah. Ooh, I feel his spirit right now. Feel his presence. Oh, let's pray a prayer of faith. Let's just, let's just, let's just pray. Let's pray a specific prayer. God, all those prayers we've prayed for our family members people who we love, people we care about. That's why we pray for them, God. We're just praying, God, in agreement prayer right now. Oh, Jesus, one more time, God, one more time. God, we need a supernatural spiritual touch. Hallelujah. Reassure us again, God. Hallelujah. You did hear us, God. Amen. You're about to answer our prayers. In the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, we believe you, we believe you, we believe you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Whatever y'all got, I don't care. Oh, hallelujah. Let's put our hands together. Amen. Give him thanks. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We ought to just give him a little praise before we get out of here. How about doing that? Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. you gives me strength. Nothing is impossible through you. Blind eyes are open. Your strongholds are broken. I am living by faith. Nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to Close us out with a prayer once they get done with that right here. Just pray a blessing on everybody. Not gonna live by what I see. I'm not gonna live by what I feel. Cause deep down I know that you're here with me. And I know that you can do anything through you. I can do anything, yes I can do all things, cause it's you who gives me strength, nothing is impossible through you, blind eyes are open, yes strongholds are broken, I am living by faith, Amen. nothing is impossible. Amen. Just wanted to say one thing. I intended to do it earlier and just skip through. Sister Green, it's so good to see you. Amen. She's been out with a broken rib. Amen. Made it back. 
Hallelujah. So glad to have you here, Sister Green. Missed you while you were here. I missed that high pitch kind of sound I could hear back there. I've tried it. I can't reach that. You know, when she gets excited. Amen. God bless you, Brother Chad. Well, since we're all we're not going to be here this week for Wednesday night or Thursday night, we're just going to just close the service with prayer. Keep everybody safe. Keep everybody protected. Let everybody have a good time. And uh, have a good holiday. And don't forget to come back. (laughs) Because it might be cold outside, but this is where the fire is. This is where you get warmed back up. Okay. All right. We thank you, Lord, for this awesome service. We thank you for the chance to be in your presence. We ask you to bless us all this week. Keep us safe. Those that are traveling, keep them safe. Bring them home safe. Touch everybody's family. Let them have a good holiday. But don't, but Lord, bring them all back here, Lord. Keep them safe. Keep them healthy. But keep moving in their lives, Lord. Answer their prayers and keep them safe in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. I believe, I believe.